We are beginning a new series, um, and that series is simply titled, Be Disciples. Be Disciples, Learning and Living the Life. Be Disciples, Learning and Living the Life. Um, You know, before we launch into the basic in its very basic form, the, the, the meaning of disciple is one who seeks to learn from another. Disciple is a learner. But a disciple, uh, though, is not only a, a partaker of information, they're not just a repository of information, um, but also one who seeks to become like his or her teacher. A disciple, a disciple. Um, in this series, we'll look at what it means to be disciples of Jesus Christ. What it means to be disciples. This is, this is critical because uh, the Bible teaches us that Jesus expects his work to continue being carried out in the world through his disciples. Through his disciples. Uh, we we have uh, uh, gone through a lot of name changes and distinctions, and but 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 here, here's the here's the thing: if people don't realize who they are as disciples, they will never live out what they're called to live out as disciples. Um, being unclear about this is, is caused both a mission and an identity crisis in the church. Disciples. That's why. That's why we, we have this series. Uh, we we don't just randomly pick series. This is important. It's critical. There's but there's a, a mission and an identity crisis in the church at large and in the local church. Disciples. So we're going to look today in the book of Matthew. We'll start there, and we'll progress uh, as the Lord allows. But in the book of Matthew, in the eleventh chapter. Matthew chapter 11, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to begin reading there when you, when you find it in verse 25. Matthew chapter 11, I'll begin reading at verse 25. It's a familiar passage of scripture, <laughs> um, but, I, but I think it bears <laughs> hearing. Matthew chapter 11, beginning at verse 25. It says, at that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will, your good pleasure. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Father, oh Lord, we thank you, uh, God, for the revelation of yourself through the Lord Jesus Christ and through your word. We pray now as your word is open, Lord, that it would bring light. God, by the power of your spirit, that there would be understanding. Not only understanding, Lord, but there would be obedience, conforming to your will, which is good and perfect. We thank you, Lord, uh, for this time, for this gathering, for all that are here, every household represented here, Lord. We pray that uh, your peace would be on each one. Lord, we uh, just ask that you would be exalted, God, in this time, in our hearts and our minds. Be magnified, Lord, uh, in us, in this place, and in all the earth. You're wonderful. We love you. I ask for fresh anointing to preach and anointing to receive your word. And Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Because Lord, you're my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Over the, the last few years, there's been an increase in people reporting that they feel the effects of exhaustion and fatigue. Uh, three out of five adults in a, a 2022 study uh, survey said they feel more tired now than they ever have. Hmm. Although, although many uh, lay the blame on the pandemic, I found it like with many other things, the pandemic probably only exposed things that were already present. Even before the pandemic, we could hear the words like words like exhausted and uh, burned out and uh, used more and more and more and more increasing. I never heard it used so much in all my life, uh, but it's been building. But I'm not sure that it that that it represent uh, it, it represented an increase in workload as much as it as a decrease in resting in the Lord. Dr. Tony Evans said it well. uh, He said, you can find no rest in life until you find rest in God. I agree with him. Uh, You can can self-care and spa day all you want, but there is a spiritual rest we require that only the Lord can provide. Trying to carry out anything meaningful in the Lord's sight outside of his rest will always leave us worn out. Hear me now. So by his grace, we are called to rest. That's the title of the message, called to rest. Uh, um, Jesus provides life-giving rest to all those who come to him. All those who come to him. The book of Matthew, uh, been a couple weeks since we've been there. The book of Matthew, it, it leads the reader to see and accept 
Jesus as the Messiah, the, the anointed king that God said long ago he would send to rule over his people with righteousness, creating, bringing in a new era, the one who'd draw all people and all, and all the nations to God. In this gospel, uh, people are, are, are presented with the opportunity to accept or reject Jesus as Messiah, with, with many other leaders in that time often rejecting him. Here in, in chapter 11, after denouncing the cities that saw his powerful works, his miracles being performed and still rejected him, Jesus now turns his attention toward those who would hear and respond to his word. He begins to let us in on the Father's plan. We hear, we eavesdrop on a conversation between, uh, between God, <laughs> between the Lord and the Father. Look, um, the Father's plan, to live in his rest, we must, we find here, come and completely rely on Jesus connect to and obediently learn from Jesus. If we, if we want to live in his rest, we must come to and completely rely on Jesus. And then connect to and obediently learn from Jesus. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, you, that, that you have hidden these things from the wise and, and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Jesus celebrates the goodness of the Father's plan. He sees the, the goodness in it. In his sovereign will, the Lord had made the knowledge of himself that causes people to turn and submit to him accessible to some and out of reach for others. It's the sovereignty of God, his choice. Um, he made it too low for those who were too high to be humble and, and just high enough for the humble to look up and reach it. That's how God did it. They, they didn't need to be rocket scientists or, or, or PhDs to get this. The, the, the little children uh, who would have the truth uncovered for them were humble people who would have childlike faith in what God was doing. God made it available to them. Jesus goes on to now then describe his involvement as an agent in this plan of, of God with those who would listen. He turns and he looks at them and he says, all things have been handed over to me by my father. My father. And, and no one knows the son except the father and no one knows the father except the son and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Jesus, don't miss this, he not only claims exclusive relationship with the Father, he identifies himself as the only point of access for anyone else to truly know him. Jesus is, is claiming this here. Uh, this kind of talk, it, it loses folks. Uh, 
The so-called wise and, and understanding start to, to calculate and question just who does he think he is? They consider themselves good enough and smart enough to connect with God on their own. It, it, it blinds them to who Jesus is and what he came to accomplish. They're wise and understanding. My grandmother said, used to say, be so smart till you're dumb. <clears throat> but not only that, our, our, not just them, our pluralistic society doesn't like the audacity of this kind of talk either. Doesn't like it. It's fine if Jesus wants to be a teacher or a prophet or maybe even a healer. But when he starts claiming to be the holder of all access, the one way to God, well, that's not tolerant. Uh, I've, heard, I've heard popular celebrities uh, who claim faith in Jesus at the same time say they believe that all faiths lead to the same place. Their faith is in a different kind of Jesus than the one found in the, in the pages of Scripture. How many of their fans now have they influenced with this, uh, that wrong thinking? These influences. That's why we don't learn our theology from movies or TV. Uh, we, we, we gather together around the Word in the presence of the Holy Spirit, and we learn God because of Jesus. In light of who he is, Jesus makes an invitation that only he can make. It's beautiful. It's one of my favorite. I have so many favorites, but this. He says in verse 28, he says, Oh God, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh God. I, I love this. First thing Jesus says is come to him. Not to a place, not to a thing. He says come to him. This is a personal invitation. How beautiful is that? Uh, 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 it, it, it gives those invited direct access. Come to him. But he, but he also makes this an open invitation. God is good. It's for all who recognize they need help. This invitation. The weary, the burdened, are all those that, that are exhausted from trying to meet God's standard and carry out his righteousness on their own. You who are drowning under the weight of recognizing sin and attempting to overcome it with your own strength by following someone else's rules. He's looking for those who are worn down from whatever they've been carrying. He says, come. In the context of this, of this scripture, the people hearing Jesus were carrying around religion. They were burdened uh, at this time with, with over 600 man-made rules and regulations that God never meant for them to have that the leaders had put in place. They were tired from the things laid on them. Jesus could look at them and see the weariness in their eyes. Oh, I love the Lord. Jesus, <clears throat> he spoke 
other religious leaders of this time. He, Jesus gave, he, he, he pointed it in. He said, he said that, talking about the Pharisees and the scribes in, in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 4, he said this is what they do. He says, they tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They want you to carry something that they're not willing to carry. Watch out for people who create standards that they're not willing to walk in themselves. Ah, look, Jesus looks to the people. The people hearing this, they would be exhausted from from going through the motions of, of trying to look good to the world. When they knew they were broken on the inside, they were, they were tired. They were the, the, the tired who were struggling to keep up. Uh, if this starts to sound familiar to anybody, you can say an amen and you can grab onto it. Um, Jesus says he'll take them just as they are, tired. Come. He lets us know the same thing goes for us. Thank you, Lord. He'll take us just as we are. If we're tired of trying to accomplish what only God can accomplish, we can come to him. It's an invitation to completely rely on Jesus. Completely. But some some won't come. They won't because they're not ready to put down that thing they're carrying yet. Whether it's, whether it's guilt, shame, a habit, a, a, a wrong person in our lives, desire to be liked and look good in front of people, or, or just the false idea that they're able to do it all on their own. <sighs> Whatever it is, when, when we get tired and ready to put it down, Jesus says, If, if, if being invited to come to him wasn't awesome enough, the invitation then goes on to offer a promise and a gift of rest. God, he just keeps piling it on. He's good. This, it's, it's a promise of a, a, and a gift for a gift of rest. Oh, what a promise. There, there's an old greeting of hospitality. They probably don't say it anymore. For someone who's been... For somebody who's been walking a long way or carrying heavy things, the greeter might say to that person when they see them, come on, take a load off. (laughs) Take a load off. It it meant to to sit or, or get off your feet and put down whatever you were carrying. Take a load off. The load that this promise relieves people from and invites them to take off is the burden of sin. Jesus says, take a load off. Both both the consequences of it, which are death, the consequences of sin, and the guilt of being unable to overcome it. Jesus says, take a load off. This promise rests that he gives and offers is one that leads to life. Responding to this invitation to come is the first step in the life of a disciple. You can't, you can't skip this one. It, it, it's, it's toward Jesus and rest 
But you discover that living out the rest provided by Jesus calls for obedience to his commands here. So he calls you into that rest, and the way you're going to uh, appropriate and take hold of it is, is through obedience. He says in verse 29, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I feel like I had to repeat that. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In accepting the invitation to come to Jesus, the disciple enters a life of having God revealed to them. more and more, just a revelation of who God. Jesus offers his yoke, and it's more than an offer, we'll get to it. The yoke, the yoke for for people who hadn't hadn't grown up on a farm. The yoke, the yoke is, it's a piece of wood that they would lay across the shoulders of animals so that they can work together, pulling a load together. Farmers would often take, uh, uh, often yoke uh, uh, a stronger, experienced ox with a younger, weaker, more inexperienced one so that the young one would learn from the older how to carry out what the master wants. This yoke, this yoke. (laughs) And, And also, not just learn to carry it out, but the experienced ox would compensate with their strength for the weakness of the weaker ox. The yoke. So these two animals would be side by side, one pulling and the other trying to pull and learning how to pull from the stronger one. This yoke, this yoke, that's, that's the picture of, of the yoke in agriculture. But the yoke was also, Jesus speaks in complexities, but, but so simple. The yoke was also used as a metaphor for the law of God. Yeah, the yoke. When, when, when a teacher gave a disciple or a follower their yoke, it stood for the teaching that the disciple would submit to and seek to live by. They laid the yoke, and, and, and we, already, we already saw how, how the, the piled-on prohibitions that were not intended by God became the burden that Jesus spoke about in, in verse 28. Some people were creating a heavy yoke for, those to, for others to carry and that they wouldn't carry themselves. But Jesus shows us here that If we want to rest, we not only need to come, but we need to be connected with him. Uh, I wish I had time to preach about the crowds that gathered around Jesus and how many of them connected, how many of them turned away. We we need to be connected with him. The disciple has to recognize here that both Taking his yoke and learning from him are commands. They are not suggestions. 
Their commands, uh, 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 it, it's when we're attached to him in his yoke that we start to learn who he really is, yoked up with Jesus. Not only does he have access to the rest of God and, and the right to share that rest with others, he has an approach to that rest that brings comfort. Look at this. He's not harsh or overly demanding. We learn that Jesus, in our yoke, we learn that Jesus is gentle and lowly in heart. He's gentle. He's meek. Gentleness and meekness, it was looked down in that, in that, on people in that time just like it's looked down on today. Gentleness and meekness. But yoke to him, we begin to understand something, that meekness is not weakness. <laughs> meekness, uh, from, 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 from Jesus' learning, it, it, it's power under control. It's power under control. We don't need to wear shirts that say, I'm saved, not soft. <laughs> To, to let people know that there's a threat of danger with us. No. Meekness. Meekness. He, he's powerful. Jesus, as the son of God, he has authority to do what he wants and when he wants, but he doesn't use that power against you or for himself. Matter of fact, uh, when you connect with him, he uses that power for us. Compensating for our complete inability to fulfill God's desire in our own strength. Yeah. And he's not, he's not going to beat you or, or shame you into accepting his invitation. He's going to love you into it. Thank you, Jesus. But not only will we learn his, his gentle ways when we're in the yoke with him, he's, he's, we also find he's lowly. In heart, he's humble. We learn, yoked to him, the humility that is desired and blessed by God. These are foreign words in our our culture, aren't they? Uh, The the Apostle Paul wrote about Jesus' humble way. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, he says, directing the church, Telling the church, your disciples, you need, to, you need to learn this and pick this up. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. By taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in, in human form, he humbled himself by becoming, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. But the humility, we, we see here how God deals with humility. Uh, he says, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Look at humility in action. 
as we come to him, completely relying on him, taking on his yoke and and learning from him, we find our rest in him. That rest is a soul rest. Watch this. We learn this rest Jesus provides is not just a, a taking a load off, not just a short break or respite or a sip of water. It's not only a moment of refreshing. This soul rest he gives is a life-giving rest for those who come to him. It's a life-giving rest. What does that mean? Look look who searched for it. Some searched for it and couldn't find it. God's chosen people, Israel, they desired rest when they were enslaved in Egypt. Uh, they, they, They cried out to God for it and God sent Moses to deliver them and, and, and they followed him through the wilderness seeking rest. But in unfaithfulness and disobedience, they didn't find it. And then finally, Joshua brought them forward into the promised land where for a short time, these people found some rest. Rest from war, but not rest from what was going on in here. And so that rest didn't last. It was not a soul rest. There was something more promised ahead of them, something more promised in Jesus uh, for those who would walk with God by faith. Jesus was the rest. He's the rest that remains for the people of God today that was spoken of in Hebrews chapter 4. I put it in the notes of the video. Read it in 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 your quiet time. Jesus is that promised rest. He's the one that, that Jeremiah said uh, uh, that, that you, you inquire about the, the old good ways and you will walk and you will find rest for your soul. Jesus knows that path. When we yoke to him, we find it. In Jesus, your soul can rest. Your soul, no, no more worry about the judgment or the wrath of God. Your soul can have peace. No more fighting and straining to make yourself acceptable to God. You can rest knowing that God already loves and wants you. You can be assured that your soul has a place reserved with God both now and after you take your last breath. Soul rest. Your, your soul can be assured. That when we are yoked with Jesus, our souls can rest. It, it, it becomes, watch this, our constant state, this resting. Uh, 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 so, so that even while I'm carrying out the task of life, the, the, the service of a disciple, I am resting. Even if I am physically working or toiling or experiencing trial or trouble, I can be resting. This is what Jesus is offering. Jesus says it's because of his yoke. <laughs> yoke. The, the, the writer uh, uh, Jeremy Taylor shared, shared the thought, I, I'll paraphrase it, that Christ's yoke is like feathers to a bird. It doesn't weigh down or encumber, but helps to move. It propels. When people don't understand this, though, they they reject the yoke 
of Jesus, believing it'll slow them down, it'll tie them down, or make them miss out on something in life. Jesus says, you don't need to worry about any of that, for my yoke is easy, it's perfectly fitted, it's good for you, and my burden is light. When you come to him, you're trading what you've been carrying, what's too much for you to carry for the rest that he gives. You won't lose by giving up your stuff for his stuff. His stuff is lighter. Many, many have uh, carried sin, carried guilt, or carried shame, and, and it's all too hard and too heavy. He doesn't promise the, a life free from trouble or tribulation, but whatever the trouble, uh, being yoked to him makes the burden bearable. His yoke is easy. When you, when you take his yoke, he gives forgiveness. His yoke gives you peace while you bear it. His yoke gives you joy while you bear it, regardless of what you face. Compared to whatever you've been carrying, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Have you tried easy? Have you tried easy? What's the old saying? We could do this two ways. The easy way or the hard way. Have you tried easy? Uh, he is a master carpenter. <laughs> he shaped the yoke that it is perfectly fitted for our necks to give us the life that we long for. Have you tried easy? It's a simple trade. Your mess for his mercy. Give up your situation for his salvation. Easy. It's the life of a disciple to be led by Jesus, connected to the Lord, learning and living his way. Easy. Has anybody experienced the yoke of Jesus? Don't fool me. Is there anybody who's experienced this easy yoke? Has anybody tried this easy yoke? of? Uh, as I read this and studied it and, and poured into the scripture, I was reminded of when I first tried on that yoke of Jesus. It made me feel the words of the song come to life. Come, come to life. I, the song says, I heard the voice of Jesus say, come unto me and rest. Lay down, my weary one, lay down thy head upon my chest. And I came to Jesus just as I was, weary and worn and sad, but I found in him a resting place. And now he has made me glad. Is there anybody here who wants to be yoked to Jesus? Because his yoke is easy and his burden is life. If you're trying to answer the question of rest, you're exhausted, you're burned out, you're overwhelmed, you're trying to answer the question of rest. That question is answered in these questions. Have you come to him? Are you completely relying on him? And are you continuously learning from and obeying him. Therein lies the answer to rest.